Why do most pastors ignore Bible prophecy? And why do some evangelists commit their lives to preaching it? And what is the message of Bible prophecy in these end times? For the opinions of 11 Bible prophecy teachers, stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. During recent weeks, we have been broadcasting a series of programs we videotaped at a major Bible prophecy conference held in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. In the programs, we've been interviewing 11 Bible prophecy experts about a variety of questions concerning end-time prophecy, questions that experts disagree about. We have looked at such questions as, will the Antichrist be a Jew? Could he possibly be a Muslim? Will he be killed and resurrected from the dead? Is he alive today? And where will his headquarters be located? The consensus among experts was that the Antichrist will be a Gentile. He will not be a Muslim. He will not be killed and resurrected from the dead, although there may be a deception to make people think so. He is very likely alive today, and his headquarters is most likely to be the site of the ancient city of Babylon. Incidentally, if you did not see these programs about the Antichrist that we have already broadcast, you can view them on our website at lamblion.com. In addition to discussing issues about the Antichrist with Bible prophecy experts, I have also took advantage of the opportunity to ask them some questions about the significance of Bible prophecy. My first question in this regard was, why do you teach Bible prophecy? Here are some of the answers I received. Well, God has laid it on me. <laughs> He's laid about everything on me. I haven't always been willing to do all of these things. <laughs> but He opens doors for me, and that's the way I pray. God, if you've got something you want me to do, open the door. And if you don't want me to do it, close the door. Uh, God opened the door for me to write. God has opened the door for me to be on television. God has opened the door for me to do all kinds of things that I never dreamed that I would be able to do. So... In Jeremiah, it talks about the fire burning in Jeremiah's bones. Uh, I am a watchman on the wall. I'm a layperson. I, I, I'm, I'm really nobody. Uh, but I just have a love for God's Word. And ever since sixth grade, I read a book um, that changed my life. And... You know, it, it scared the tar out of me, actually. It was by Salem Curvin. It was called 666, and uh, startled me. After that, I, of course, read Hal Lindsey. Scared the tar out of me. And, and from that point on, when I was in sixth grade, I, I have been studying Bible prophecy ever since then. But it was weird. When I came back to the Lord, I, you know, everybody does their prodigal son time. But when I came back to the Lord, God hit me up with a two-by-four and said, these things are going on. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. And uh, I was like, wow, where have I been? And that fire in my bones came up. And ever since then, I have not been able to be quiet. I, I, I have to proclaim the good news. I have to proclaim the gospel. I have to tell people about the blessed hope of our Lord's soon return. It is soon. Well, first of all, the Lord placed his burden in my heart to teach Bible prophecy. 
uh, with that burden. He gave me a love uh, for the end time message. Uh, I love what this message produces for, uh, well, for my heart, for, you know, as, as, a, as a born again teacher. Uh, it, it puts uh, the urgency in my heart to to want to reach the lost. Uh, this message out of all the messages in the Bible to me really, again, put that urgency there. It keeps the fire of God, you know, in my heart. Uh, I love the results of this message. As I teach it around the country, I see men's lives changed as a result of them, you know, hearing Bible prophecy. So uh, I teach it because I love it. God has burdened my heart to teach it. And I love it's, it's a wonderful tool to bring in the harvest. Because of the sign of the times, Jesus is coming soon. And so much of our faith in Christ is based on his promises. And he promised he is going to return again. And we can trust Christ based on his promises of always being fulfilled. And I want the world to know that Jesus is coming soon. It's just this urgent need. It's the gift of prophecy, you could say, to get that where Jesus is coming soon. Get your life straight if you don't know Jesus. Accept him now or, you know, it's going to be a miserable seven years ahead of you in death. We want people to know Jesus as their Savior and get right with Christ. Because the Lord called me. He put it on my heart. And uh, way back while I was still in the education system, He just laid it on my heart. And He set me at His feet. And He opened the Bible before me. And He uh, sent the Holy Spirit down and helped me learn the Scriptures. And I sat at His feet and learned. And then I brought in great teachers, and you were one of them. One of your early books, I brought them in through their books. Great teachers. But here was the book. God was the teacher through His Holy Spirit. And uh, He called me to do it in that fashion. And so uh, I knew long before I retired that I would be going into the ministry. Well, obviously the answer to that is because God called me to it. But, you know... God uses people to accomplish His work. We're the hands and the feet and the voice of God in this world. And there was this one man, after, shortly after I entered into evangelism, um, I went to a Bible prophecy conference. Now, I had been a Bible prophecy student for many years, and it was a very interesting area of study for me. I was I was committed to it, and I enjoyed it greatly. And even as a pastor, I did a many uh, series where I taught through Daniel and Revelation and did Bible prophecy teaching and preaching. But when I went in, initially went into evangelism, I just felt, you know, just to preach evangelistically like I'd always done. And, and God was good. He blessed it. And we saw a lot of people saved. And we saw many Christians rededicate their lives to Christ. And it was, it was going well. But I'd only been in the evangelism, full-time evangelism, for about six months when God opened a door and I, I, a friend called me and said, you know, this guy named Dave Reagan is having a Bible prophecy conference at Bethel Baptist Church in Jennings, Louisiana. And he said, uh, have you ever heard of him? And I said, well, yeah, I've heard him on the radio. He said, you should, you should come with me and let's go to that. So I said, okay. And we went. During that conference... Uh, which was, I think, in the year uh, 2000. Uh, you preached, and I honestly can't say what you preached about other than, of course, the Bible prophecy and the return of Christ. And you offered an invitation, and I felt tremendously moved to God 
that something was just not right. And I thought I was right in the center of God's will. I was doing, I thought, what God had called me to do. I was a pastor, then he called me into full-time evangelism. Lord, what else do you want? And not knowing, I went down to the altar, and I just began to question God. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And uh, there was an elderly gentleman in that church. His name is John Smith. And I didn't know him at the time, but and I didn't even see him. But he, he's in bad health. He walked very slowly. My wife was telling me this later. She saw it. And he came to the altar. And as I was kneeling, he came and put his hands on me. And he prayed, I think, probably one of the most beautiful prayers I've ever heard in a very strong Cajun accent. And such, with such simple power, he in essence said, God, this man is searching for something that you want him to do. And it was almost uh, like a light came on. And I, I, I don't know how to explain that voice of God that you hear. But what I heard of God at that was, at that time, was that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And you need to tell people that Jesus is coming. And so in that particular Bible prophecy conference, Brother Dave, that you were leading, I surrendered to the idea that God wanted me to preach about the return of Christ. And I began gradually to move my ministry in that direction. And within a few months, you know, we were totally focused on that thing to preach about the return of Christ and have been continuing to do that now for for about eight years now. I was convinced very early in life as a teenager of the promises of the second coming of Christ in the scripture. I was influenced very early on by a book by a man called Harry Rimmer who wrote a book called The Shadow of Coming Events and The Coming War with Russia. Harry Rimmer was a professor who taught at Wheaton College way back in the 1940s who literally predicted the outcome of World War II based on his understanding of the book of Ezekiel. He had a great influence on Bible prophecy teachers and speakers. When I was 16 years old, I preached my very first sermon on the second coming of Christ. It's always been part of my heart and soul and passion. Uh, My pastor was very committed uh, to Bible prophecy as part of his ministry, built a very successful church, a very evangelistic church, I think prophecy reminds all of us that if Jesus is really coming back, we have to face him one day either as Savior and Lord or as our judge. And prophecy compels us to proclaim the message of the gospel, to reach out to the world in our lifetime, and to do all that we can because we believe Jesus could come at any time. I don't know about you, but the testimonies of these godly men really blessed my heart. The common thread that seemed to run through all those wonderful testimonies was the call of God on their lives to proclaim the prophetic word. Regarding myself, I think Ray Gano best summed up why I gave up a 20-year career in higher education as a professor of international law and politics to become a full-time preacher and teacher of Bible prophecy. Ray referred to Jeremiah 20, verse 9, where Jeremiah said he had to proclaim God's prophetic word because it had become like a fire within him that he had to release because he could not endure it. 
Well, that's certainly how I felt. I became overwhelmingly convinced through my study of God's prophetic word that we are living in the season of the Lord's return and that I had been called, along with many others, to proclaim that message to as many people as possible as quickly as possible. And because of that zeal, my heart soon became burdened by the discovery that the average pastor today has no interest whatsoever in the preaching and teaching of God's prophetic word. So my next question to our Bible prophecy experts was this. Many pastors today argue that Bible prophecy is irrelevant to the here and now. How would you respond to this attitude? Here are their observations. What would I say to the pastors? Well, I would say um, that the Scriptures are our authority. It's not the heads of our denominations and things like that. Uh, I, I would say you probably weren't taught these things in seminary because people have looked for this to happen for so long they got tired of teaching it and so on. But just because it's been a long time is no reason to ignore this subject. Uh, I would tell you, you know, we could spend all day uh, concerning the rapture. Uh, Paul begins, I would not have you ignorant, brother. And God doesn't want ignorance in the church on this subject. He goes on to say, this is the word of the Lord. This is what Jesus says about the rapture. He goes on to say, uh, uh, comfort one another with these words. He's saying, tell people about these things. Uh, in Peter, we have a more sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well. You would be wise to pay attention to this. Uh, uh, the, the, the rapture of the church, that's a salvation issue. You need to be saved before the rapture. It's an act of grace. Nobody is worthy to go in the rapture. So we've got something that we would be wise to study. Jesus tells us to tell others. He says he doesn't want ignorance in the church, uh, salvation, all this kind of stuff. And that's what we need to go by. We need to go by the Scriptures, not by what other people are doing. We're seeing apostasy in the church. We're seeing false doctrines in the church. All of this is the fulfillment of prophecy. But God gave this message to the church. It's not for Nostradamus. It's not for Gene Dixon. It's for the church to tell people what's going on. And pastors have taken the responsibility. 40% of the Bible is prophecy. You can't ignore 40% of the Bible and have the understanding that you need to have of the Bible. I've been to churches who have totally left Bible prophecy out, and they are limping along. Their people have no direction or focus about what their lives are after they die, what they're going to spend for eternity, that God keeps His promises. They think most of the Bible, especially Old Testament, is fulfilled and out of date. Their faith it continues to wane and wane. So I would say to all pastors, put Bible prophecy back into your teaching. I mean, one-third of the Old Testament is Bible prophecy. One out of every 25 verses in the New Testament is Bible prophecy. It means something to God. Bible prophecy means something to God. Don't leave it out of your church. You'll be missing something big. Those who say that Bible prophecy is irrelevant are uh, among those who say that uh, would, would have to say that almost one-third of the entire Bible is irrelevant. God did not give us irrelevant Scripture. That's number one. Number two, nothing will purify the human heart like the belief that Jesus could come back at any minute. That's what John said. And if we ignore the prophetic word, we are taking from the Holy Spirit's arsenal one of the most important tools He has, not only of bringing conviction upon the unbeliever, but maintaining purity in the life of the one who is the Christian. 
Well, those pastors who say that, first of all, probably have an irrelevant ministry themselves. Uh, they don't know Bible prophecy, and they're not willing to do the hard work to study it, so they want an easy out. So they just say, well, hey, one day we'll all go to heaven. I don't know the details. I'm a pan-millennialist. It'll all pan out in the end. Uh, in reality, they may have a genuine concern to evangelize people. Some do, some don't. But I think at the same time, they're missing the boat on one of the most important parts of Scripture. If 28% of the Bible is prophetic in nature, if Jesus himself said at the end of the book of Revelation, uh, proclaim these things in the churches, uh, Jesus meant for the book of Revelation to be preached and taught in the church. If they're not preaching it and teaching it in your church, there's something wrong with that church. You need to be in a church that proclaims the gospel, the message of salvation alone through Jesus Christ, the virgin birth, the deity of Christ, uh, his literal atonement on the cross, his literal resurrection, and his literal second coming. That's all part of the message of the fundamentals of the basis of genuine Christianity. I would ask the pastor, uh, what part of the Bible is he teaching? If you're going to teach the Bible, uh, you've got to teach the whole Bible, and a third of it is Bible prophecy. So I would ask this pastor, if you're going to teach the book of Matthew, are you going to skip over chapter 7? Are you going to jump over chapter 13? What are you going to do when you get to chapter 24 and 25? Uh, it's, uh, you know, I strongly, I, I have a strong conviction that if you teach the Bible, you have to teach Bible prophecy, but conversely. Uh, let's don't uh, peg ourselves into the hole that we are Bible prophecy teachers. We are Bible teachers because if you're teaching Bible prophecy, you have to teach the whole Bible or you're teaching it Ill illegitimately. I think sometimes the reason pastors want to ignore Bible prophecy is because they're so confused about it. And in fact, people who like myself who claim to to teach and preach in this particular area, they feel somewhat intimidated by people like us. They get a guy like me in and he preaches uh, about Bible prophecy and then I'm gone and now he's got to answer questions. Everybody's got questions and he don't know how to answer them. And I think some of them feel, uh, you know, a little bit afraid of that. Uh, but the, the really serious issue centers on the idea that we have forgotten that we serve a living Savior. We talk of Jesus as a baby in a manger. We talk of Jesus as on the cross. But for some reason, which I don't fully understand, we don't want to talk about Jesus as our living Savior who is soon to step down from His throne in heaven and return to this earth to gather out His church and then later to return and govern this world. I, Oh, we don't see the future and that future that we have in Christ is our blessed hope and unfortunately when pastors fail to emphasize this part of the gospel they're robbing their people of that blessed hope of a future I preached a message one time about being excited in Christ and I learned in my study that you cannot be excited about past events we can appreciate past events. I appreciate, certainly, and will be forever grateful for what Jesus did for me on that cross. I can appreciate it, and I glorify His name for it. But I'm excited and can only be excited about what's in the future. You know, when a man and woman are planning their wedding day, 
It's exciting because it's still in the future. But after that wedding day passes, years pass, you can look at that wedding day in the, you know, the picture album and it's, and it's in, enjoyable. You get a good feeling from it. But you can't get the excitement of it because it's a past event. Excitement is produced from the future that's right around the corner, things that are coming. And people are not excited about their walk with Christ because they don't talk about Him as though He's here now and He's coming and what we're going to be doing with Him. And pastors that omit that from their, their teaching and preaching are robbing their church of that excitement. And that's so sad. That's so sad. Well, I, I totally disagree with that. I mean, uh, many pastors don't teach it. And as a result of that, it really affects their church. I think that this is one message that really needs to be taught. Uh, if, if a church allow this message to be taught or if a pastor teach it, I believe that they will have a healthy church. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, I have not shunned to give you the whole counsel of God. You know, uh, how can you give me, you know, three quarters of the Bible and not and, and not the end of the story? You know, uh, it's so vital that we understand the end of the story. It's, Bible prophecy message is the only message that give us the conclusion of the matter. It, it actually sums up what God is doing. And if we don't teach it, people will never know what the end is going to be. So I think it's a vital message today that need to be taught. I challenge uh, pastors. Uh, I beg pastors, either teach Bible prophecy, either bring in prophecy teachers to teach it, because it'll bring a healthy, healthy diet uh, uh, of God's uh, word. You know, to me, it's like a vitamin. It's a spiritual vitamin for the body of Christ. And it'll keep the church healthy when they know the end of the story. Well, there's a couple things that are important. One is 28% of the Bible was prophecy at the time it was written. And I remember Dr. Walvard one time, someone asking him why he liked prophecy so much. And he said, really, my love for prophecy just comes out of my love for the Bible. Now, if you love the Bible, then if 28% of it's prophecy, then you love prophecy. So really, I see that I, I, my love for prophecy is just a love for the Bible and to understand the Bible. And I don't think you can understand the Bible if you don't understand 28% of it. So as a pastor, I think you need to understand prophecy to be able to declare the full counsel of God uh, to people in the church. But, but every statement, the other thing is every statement in the Bible about prophecy always has practical application with it. It always does. John 14, 1 to 3, you know, don't let your heart be troubled. You know, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. I'm going to come and receive you to myself. Where I am, there you may be also. In uh, 1 Corinthians 15, after the passage on the rapture, at the end, he says, therefore, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, you know, knowing your labor is not in vain. In uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, after the, the section there in 4, 17 to 8, uh, uh, 13 to 17 on the rapture, it's therefore comfort one another with these words. I mean, what pastor doesn't use that passage of Scripture when they're comforting uh, folks at a funeral service? And then finally, in 1 John he says, you know, beloved, now we are children of God. It's not yet appeared what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. Everyone who fixes his hope on him purifies himself as he himself is pure. So the coming of Christ is a purifying hope. If we want people in our churches to be pure, to be separated unto the Lord, then 
One of the greatest things that we can do is teach Bible prophecy. It has a purifying effect on, on people's hearts. So saying that Bible prophecy is not relevant to everyday life is simply a, a, a statement that's not reflected in the Scriptures. Let me share with you what I tell pastors when they say to me that they cannot see the relevance of Bible prophecy to the here and now. I tell them that if they are ever able to convince their people of two things regarding Bible prophecy, they will change their lives. The two things are first, that Jesus really is returning. Now, most Christians believe that here, but not here. And I want to tell you something, folks, you don't really believe something until you believe it with your heart. Second, They must convince their people that Jesus is returning any moment, that there is not one prophecy that must be fulfilled for Him to come and rapture the church out of this world. If any pastor will convince his congregation of those two things, Jesus is coming back and He's returning any moment, His people will be motivated to evangelism and holiness. And I ask you, how much more relevant could a message be than that? There was one more question I asked the Bible prophecy experts. I asked them to summarize the end-time message of Bible prophecy, and I wish I had the time to share all their answers with you, but I don't. So here are two. The message to a believer is, you can trust God's promises. He promised to save you, He promised to take you to heaven, and avoid the terrible wrath He's going to put on the earth, and He's promised to give you a future that you can't imagine for eternity. That's God's promises. That's Bible prophecy. For the unbeliever, God has given us every sign possible. He's given us Israel back in the land. He's given us the Bible, the prophets, the missionaries, everything to tell us, hey, Jesus is coming back soon. Get right with Jesus. Ask Him to be your Savior. Repent of your sins and accept Christ as your Savior. It's not worth holding on to the sin in this world when you can imagine what's going to be in the future that the Lord's got for us. The message of Bible prophecy is really a two-sided message. Uh, The book of Revelation tells us of a scroll in the hand of God the Father that's taken by Jesus Christ. He opens the seals on that scroll, reads the message, pronounces the judgments, and brings ultimately the kingdom of heaven to earth. That message on the outside of the scroll is a message to the world at large. And the message to unbelievers is, bad news, you lose. The message on the inside of the scroll is the message to the church And the message to the church is, good news, we win. Now, that's as simple as you can make Bible prophecy. Ultimately, it's a message of hope for the believer. It's a message of judgment for the unbeliever. But I would remind you, prophecy is not written to scare us. Prophecy is written to prepare us. It's not written to frighten us. It's written to invite us to come to Christ while there's hope and while there's time. God shows you enough in Scripture about the future as He allows us to look down through the tunnel of time, down through the corridor of the fulfillment of prophecy, so that we would understand that if God knows the future, God certainly knows my future. He knows all about me, and He wants me to be ready ultimately to meet Him in that future. So the message of warning to the unbeliever is really written in love. It's written in the blood of Christ, who went to the cross to die for your sins, so that you might know the joy of heaven and of everlasting life. So that you might know that when the archangel shouts and the trumpet sounds and the Lord descends, that you're ready to go when Jesus comes because you know that you know that you know Him 
as your personal Lord and Savior. Well, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you. Until next week, the Lord willing, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful, for your redemption is drawing near. Life, marriage, good and bad are all being redefined by cultural icons with self-defined moral compasses. Is it possible for Christians to hold their own as society decays and false teachings abound? Living for Christ in the End Times offers down-to-earth instruction on how followers of Jesus can live triumphant and hope-filled lives. To order Living for Christ in the End Times for a gift of $15 or more, please visit lamblion.com. Living for Christ in the End Times is cataloged as P6. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. Christ in Prophecy is made possible through the faithful and generous support of viewers like you. 